Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. On this week's mouth-watering episode, we talk with owner Ward Hegler of Musket Powder Seasoning. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is September 24th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and you're back for another episode. Aren't you awesome? No, seriously, thanks for being awesome. I really appreciate all of you that listen, each and every one of you. Uh, I have a bunch to talk about today. So first and foremost... I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I forgot how much work a newborn baby is and what sleep sleep deprivation is actually like. Um, My wife is a a saint, she's incredible. Um, You know, we had our our new baby boy on September 20th. Welcome to the world, Dane Sylvester Clark. Couldn't be more proud to have you in our lives. And... uh, you know, some other announcements. So first of all, like that's the most exciting thing that's happened in my life. I have a son now and it's super cool. I've been drinking a lot of coffee. I'm only on like four hours of sleep in the last two nights combined or something weird like that. So if I say anything weird here, I might not even be aware of it. Bear with me. So announcement before I get to calling out the sponsors, some announcements. Um, our hundredth episode is next week, Tuesday. And I don't know what that date is. Tuesday, the 1st of October will be the 100th episode. So some fun things in store for that. And uh, specifically, one of the bigger things in store for that is I will be bringing on my first ever co-host for the Where to Hunt podcast show, Greg Tubbs, will be joining me in person, in studio, um, doing the live stuff on camera, on air, in podcast land, helping me field calls, talk tactics. He actually knows some stuff that I don't. Shocker, I don't know much at all. Um, And he has his own network of people. So it'll help us bring on more guests, have better dialogue, field better calls, that kind of stuff. So I'm very excited to have the help, but also to have a good friend chat with me about stuff that we can all learn from. He spends a lot more time in the woods than I do. So you know, stand by for that. That'll be coming our way. Um, I think I'm going to try to get our new intro done for next week. We'll see what I can get away with and what I can do. Um, and also, I'm I'm bringing on more sponsors. And it's funny because I used to say, I don't have any sponsors. And, you know, and that was cool. I'm very proud of that still to this day. But the sponsors I have brought on are such a great fit that I have been turning some folks down because they are not a fit. And I will not bring anyone on that doesn't make any sense. I think 
all of you and everybody else in this world can smell bullshit from a mile away. So I'm not here to bullshit anybody. If it's not something that I can jive with from a personality standpoint or something that I can stand behind from a product perspective um, that I can't jive with or don't like, we're not going to bring it on. But that being said, when I'm bringing on sponsors, what the Where to Hunt podcast is doing differently than everybody else that I think is doing this Um with the live listener call on aspect, this is your show. I intend on continuing to bring on live callers and we'll deal with the pranksters. Don't worry about that um, or bring them on or whatever. But as we do that to incentivize everybody to continue to call into the show, what I'm going to do with my sponsors that no one else is doing, I don't think, is we're going to do giveaways. And the giveaways are going to be done by calling into the show. When you call into the show, you get qualified and entered to win. And we will do a giveaway every single week. The more sponsors that I bring on, the bigger the bank of the toy box, I guess I'll call it, we can pull from to give you, the listeners, some really great products and get your hands on stuff to start trying some of the stuff out. So it's not just me talking about it. It can be you too. And so the sponsors that are coming on board with the Where to Hunt podcast need to agree to be able to give something away to you, the listeners. And when you call in, you get to win. It's pretty straightforward stuff. I think it's kind of unique and hopefully has some value for you. I am obsessed with bringing you value. I've tried to do that in the way of providing content, bring on unique guests, providing good tactics, tips, um, some entertainment. But now we're going to kick it up a notch. So uh, stand by. The live show will continue to get better. We're going to be bringing on some other fun technology to make that a better experience. Um, try to weed out some of the prank callers, things like that. So without further ado, Let's uh, call out some of the sponsors real quick. Look, now I've already said my wife is a saint and she is, and she is the reason this podcast can happen every single Tuesday. Without her, I actually couldn't do it because I have a two-year-old and now a four-year-old. I'm sorry, (laughs) a four-day-old. Wow, he's grown so big so fast. Um, And so I want to call out, first and foremost, the title sponsor of the show, Backwoods Grind Coffee, backwoodsgrind.com. Go to their website, check their coffee out. Somehow they've managed to get the aroma into the website. So if you haven't actually gone to the website and tried to sniff your computer, your cell phone, um, do that and see what happens. It's, it's pretty weird. I haven't figured that out still. It doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, you know, they're going to be one of the ones that we're doing a giveaway. So for the 100th episode, um, once a month, we're going to give away some Backwoods Grind coffee. and It'll probably be some sampler packs. So... You know, let me know what you guys like. They have a lot of different blends, sunrise, high noon, sunset, camp house, um, nightcap, if you like decaf because you just really love their coffee that much, fireside, which I've had. I really love the camp house. So if you want to save some money on their stuff, you can enter in code W2H podcast for 10% off and give it a try. Additionally, our other sponsor um, is Gumleaf USA. They make rubber boots. These are authentic authentic, real rubber boots that are built and designed for comfort, but have a level of durability that I don't think is matched right now in the big box stores. I think you can go spend a lot of money at a big box store for a great pair of boots. Um, But as far as the rubber ones go, look them up. They're using a lot of synthetic materials, which break down a lot quicker over time. The rubber gets stiff, it hardens, it cracks, it crackles, it can get punctured very easily. Whereas the gum leaf boots are made differently. They're made with real rubber. They're handmade. Now you're going to pay a little bit more, but they're going to take you a lot further into the season. 
and I've been rocking these boots now for a while, and I compare them to wearing a pair of Crocs in terms of their comfortability, but their durability, I'm not sure what to compare to it because I haven't experienced that just yet. They can withstand punctures. Um, they do not break down and get brittle over time, maybe over an extended period of time, but certainly not after one or two seasons, which is what I've experienced elsewhere. So if you want to slip a pair on and try out some of their comfortability and you want to save some money on the shipping, you can enter in code um, W2H2019 to save yourself some money on shipping. And if you have any questions about it, go ahead and send me a message, a DM, ask me some questions, and I have direct contact with the ownership group so I can give you the, the answers from the horse's mouth. So I'd be happy to do that for you guys. Next up, let's get into W2H Rut Club Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the W2H Rut Club radio segment brought to you by Heated Hunts. As the rut continues to heat up, so should your hunt, and you ought to then go to heatedhunts.com. These guys make some great products that bring in the deer, and the reviews uh, cannot be beat. If you check them out, take a look. People aren't lying. The folks that I know personally have talked about this product for a number of years, and I finally jumped on board, so this will be a very exciting season for me. But for those of you that don't know, if you call into the Rut Club Radio every single Tuesday for the duration of this hunting season, um, all the way through to December from 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, when you call, you're entered to win one of their products. So this week we had two callers that came through, and that means there's a 50-50 chance one of them is winning the product. So if you want to learn more about Heated Hunts or you want to get some of their gear, some of their products, some of their swag, all you got to do is call in and report on rut activity and uh, let us know what you're seeing. Hey, Kurt, you're live on the Where to Hunt podcast. This is the Rut Radio. How you doing? This is Kurt. Good. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you not letting me hang out there. No problem. That's all right. I know you're probably busy you and tired by the sounds of it. Yeah, dude, super tired. But you know what? It's like a it's like a real job for me now. This isn't like something I just kind of decide I'm going to do. Sometimes it's, I'm here every Tuesday, just like I say. But uh, you're calling out of Ohio. Yes, I'm calling out of Ohio. And you're public yep, land I'm hunter. Public land hunter. Um, Private land hunter, too. I hunt whatever I can get my hands on, but I uh, usually try to hunt Pennsylvania public land solo all the time, and I do get in Ohio, down towards southern Ohio, uh, Wayne National Forest area, and uh, Salineville, uh, Brush Creek, Highland Town, Columbiana County. I'm sure some listeners are familiar with that, possibly, if they've hunted Ohio. That's northeastern and southeastern. You got a couple in folks Pennsylvania, I know North. from Ohio that, that tune in. I can see it in the stats, but I also know like Garrett Benner, I think, is out of Ohio, right? I'm not familiar with him, but um, no, I'm, I couldn't tell you for sure. And uh, what kind of activity are you seeing? Or, like, What are you paying attention to now, right, as we kind of get into things? Is your season even open yet, uh, Ohio? Yeah. Ohio opens this weekend. Pennsylvania will be the 7th. Um, what we're seeing right now is basic feeding, you know, but what happens here is, is when our season starts, the cropland's dry up, 
and the food sources go. If we don't have a good acorn crop in the public land, it gets rough. They will seek out. They spread out. But right now it's pretty consistent. But in that week time, we're having uh, cold stints here. We'll see things drop off real quick. And if it warms back up again like it is, it just puts them in a funk. It's, it's hard to uh, hunt them. They really lock down and lay down if they get that winter coat because of those couple cold streaks or, you know, when you get out there, you, it's just tough to find find the food source that you're after because a lot of it's changing right when you get the hunt. So, yeah, it's tough. We don't get them in velvet, so they're trying, they're sparring. They start splitting up. Those bachelor groups you were watching, you know, it's, it's a tough deal. But uh, you can you can definitely kill them. Um, I've killed a few when you're looking for a good buck. You know, if if that field dries up or people start scouting, you know, you're going to be probably searching a little deeper in the woods. But right now we try to stay to the edge for the most part. Yeah, that's kind of how I played it out. Um, two weekends ago, I didn't really go into the woods. I just wanted to kind of observe. And if something would have haphazardly come my way that was worth pulling back on, I would have. But I, I had pretty low expectations of that, which is fine. Kind of want to get out there and get the gear put to use, you know? Yeah, kind of fill things out and make sure everything's in working order. I almost use yeah. it like that that tool at the beginning simply because it's it's tough. It's you know, you do get your uh your hopes pumped up with the observation, but with people flooding the woods and scouting and just the activity if there's warm climate, you know, you get your hikers and whatever in the woods. It makes it rough. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking Pennsylvania and Ohio at the same time. Uh you know, there's a lot of trails and it just it just makes it rough when the weather is on and off like this. But yeah, get testing the equipment, filling them out, maybe getting lucky, but more or less just getting the feel for getting back in the woods and wanting to get out, but lightly touching the edges, not spooking your deer, trying to get kind of a, I guess, an inventory of what you have. But I, w- I will run cameras like this, though, and that basically tells me what not to shoot if we're hunting certain deer for the most part. But Pennsylvania, if I go back to West Virginia, I'm usually an opportunist. You know, holding three buck tags or four, West Virginia lets you shoot multiple bucks. You really don't have time to choose. I'm a definitely a meat hunter too. Ohio, cool. I'll lock down on yep. some good bucks for the most part. You know, it's just it's finding the right deer you want to shoot, and it's more about the hunt in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. That's fun. No, that's cool. Lodges. Then it gives you you can sharpen your skills that way and get some experience, and you know, hopefully, some really big stories out of it. Yeah, that's that's it. And a lot of it's the camaraderie in Pennsylvania, hunting with a group of guys coming out of a camp, you know, and, and it's more that. I'm actually working on my boat tonight. Um, we hunt on the Allegheny on the islands and stuff, so I'm actually prepping it, getting it ready. We run jet motors on it, but if you can get out there and uh, get on those islands, you know, and the pressure hits at the right time or, you know, just slink around with the bow, it kind of changes the dynamic. And that kind of fulfills if you're searching for big deer. You know, some like you said, it's the hunt. So if you get on an island and you can get a buck that's legal with a bow on the ground, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than that. Even a doe, you know. Even a doe. I mean, they're all trophies no, that's, with that's the bows. They're all trophies with everything. Yeah. Well, no, that's a, that's a one way to, I don't know, I always like the adventurous part of it. That sounds like a fun adventure. 
Be sure to share anything that you, you know, are doing this season on the on the um, Rut Club radio page or the WTH Rut Club if you feel so inclined. Got a couple other calls stacking up behind you, so I'll make sure I can get to those guys sure. before we run out of time. But you've just entered to win the hat, so um, stand by for tomorrow. I'll do the drawing. And thanks for calling in, Kurt. Okay, I really appreciate you. it. No problem. Yeah, have a good thank night. You. Good luck. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, so next. We got in the queue Austin out of Illinois. What's up, Austin? How you been, man? How we doing, buddy? Doing good. Um, for those that don't know, Austin's been on the show before. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think on social media, I saw that you might have got a nice buck right by what looked to be some water. I did. I shot me a pretty nice, uh, my first archery buck in Nebraska, actually. In Nebraska, awesome. And then, is that where you're from too, or did you did you make a special trip to get that buck? Uh, I'm from Nebraska. I was living in Illinois the last time I talked to you, and I've recently moved back to Nebraska since then. And uh, nice. I've actually gotten two deer this year so far. I started off the opening week with a big doe, and then uh, I ran into a group of deer in a pretty secluded little place, and then I started narrowing down a couple of them and. I was able to get a spot and stock on the one that you heard of, that you seen on Facebook and uh, had a little history with him and ended up laying him down. Now he's going to be hanging on my wall soon. <laughs> Dude, congrats, man. I know this is a big year for you. When we had you on the show a couple months back, you're like, look, I'm really cranking everything up. So it looks like you wasted no time in following through with some of the goals you had laid out. That's freaking great. Yeah. It, thank you. It was awesome. Actually, this was, the the getting a nice Nebraska buck was one of them, but accomplishing the first spot in stock and a successful one at that, that wasn't even on the agenda, but that was like, that was a trophy within itself, like minus the deer. That was just a, a, a tremendous thing itself, like being able to get within 38 yards of a bedded buck and shoot it while it was bedded was the absolute like game changer for me. That was awesome. It's incredible, man. The boys at Whitetail Adrenaline would be proud. And I know some other guys <laughs> are be proud too. I think I'm sure a lot of people are proud, but I'm just that's <laughs> super awesome, man. It was, I, you know, and it was. I really wish I could have. Th- I really wish it could have been filmed. But when I was walking in, I got into this spot early. I called the buck nest, and I, we were walking. Did I say we? But I mean me. And uh, I was walking in, and I caught a glimpse of a deer through the woods, like through the pine trees, walking the water's edge. And then I realized it was a buck. I called patches, and I don't know, man. It was just. I took everything off, backpack everything, and went to a full ghillie suit and belly crawled through cactuses and tall weeds using the wind to my advantage for like an hour straight and made a guesstimate of where I, I thought would be a good opening to take a shot. And I just kind of stood up and at full draw and pinned it on him and shot. While he was bedded down, he didn't even leave his bed. He died right in his bed right where I shot. <laughs> wow, dude. Holy crap. It was the craziest That's thing awesome. ever. I I start like I had such bad shit. I don't even know. It was it was cool, man. But it was uh it was really awesome. But I was your season. Dude, your so adrenaline must have been like spiked for like that whole hour. Holy crap! Oh, if you have like yeah, an Apple Watch, tre- it'd be funny like, your heart rate for that hour. <laughs> looked like I had like tremors or something. Like I just was shaking the whole time, and I was like all emotional. It was funny. <laughs> it was I was I was like so just in shock that it even happened because like as I drew back, I'm sitting there thinking like, man is this really about to happen? Like, am I really about to shoot this buck, bed it down that I've been watching for three days and I'm finally about to put him down right now? 
And cool. I sat there and looked at it. He had no idea I was even there. And then he just let out a deep bellow, a big old grunt, and it was over like that. that <laughs> oh. Do you have? Did you get any of that on film, or was that just all up in the in the old noggin forever? It was, it's in the noggin. I laid the camera down and backpack everything. My 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 important moment was to get that deer. The camera went yep. out the window. I was more focused on doing this moment right because you only get this chance once. In theory, you can get it twice, but this was only going to be a one-time deal. Got to get the it. first one first, and then the other ones. Now that you've got that one under your belt, you can maybe try to you know. Okay, now I have the one right. I've experienced this. I know what to look for, and now you can try to get something else going. But dude, that's super cool, man. I really am excited for you to hear that. We'll have to get you back on the show as a guest and walk through some more things as you continue to learn. I love it. Absolutely, man. How's your season going? Well, I've only been out once, and now I have a new baby, so um, we'll I see. We'll see if I can even good. get out. I'm not sure. I'm lucky to be doing this podcast right now. I'll tell you that right now. Well, congratulations. I bet you're pumped. It's it's super rewarding to know that I have not one but two future hunting buddies, my daughter and now a son, and couldn't be more blessed, man. It's, it's incredible. That's awesome, man. No, but dude, thanks for calling in. I'll put your name down here. You're entered it to win this hat. Um, it's a heated hunt, fully functional camel hat. I want to go ahead and bring on our guest of the week to the show with us on the line today. We have Ward Hegler with Musket Powder. Ward, what's up, man? Hey, brother. How are you? Doing great. I'm happy you're here with me. Thanks for sticking out through those uh, those reads. I appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am doing great. Congratulations on the baby, man. Yeah, thanks. Man. I, 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 know, I think it's kind of starting to hit me now um, that I have a son. Like, I couldn't be more excited. I love my daughter to death. Uh, she's my, my princess, my angel. But having a son is just different. You know, I don't I don't know who else is out there watching this that can relate to that. But um, I'm just stoked. I'm super jacked. Well, hopefully my day is coming soon. Uh, I'm currently doing the, the whole uh, practicing thing. But, uh, you know, one day, you know, hopefully I can <laughs> hope, hopefully I can uh, lay one down and uh, – we can compare notes on what to do on introducing your kid to hunting. That's a whole podcast episode right there, man. It sure is. And it's going to be quite the journey, man. Like I'm a young 33 and, uh, you know, another 30 years from now, I'll be in my sixties and he'll be helping me hang my hang and bang tree stand, you know, or she or both. Right. Applied to take right. army but of them, but. For sure. For sure. She, you know, there, there is always that really cool girl in college that you could tell her, her daddy taught her how to hunt. That was, that was all every boy was chasing her, but you know, don't 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 let that be a deterrent to teach your daughter to hunt. You know, it's good good. Oh, she's boy she's crazy as shit. I don't think I have to worry about her. She's gonna be like the girl from that movie Ten Things I Hate About You. Just a real, you know, the one who's always but, getting in trouble. Yeah, the one that's like, no one wants to date her. She's nuts. I'm like, yeah, be that yeah, cool. yeah, the, yeah. I know which one you're talking about, Julia Styles. Yeah, that's the one. Well, dude, um, yep. so you're out of Texas, but you've been yep. elsewhere. Let's tell. Yep. Why don't you take a minute? I'll shut the hell up. Tell the audience who you are, what you're about, what you got going on. I'll let you unpack that. Okay, cool. Well, my name is Ward Hegler, and uh, I was born in Arizona, and then I moved to Mississippi uh, when I was 18, and then I moved to Texas, and then I moved to North Dakota, and then I moved back to Texas, and in between there did a super brief stint in Louisiana. Um, no, I'm not military. I was uh, in the oil and gas industry. So I was just always chasing around uh, rigs, drilling rigs. I uh, did drilling for 10 years. And now I work a 
I say air quotes normal. I'm still working like five to five, but I work for a, a family company and it's uh, called Trinity Floors in Dallas. And we, we do everything you can think of that you walk on. Like currently we're doing the Mavericks floor that the Mavericks at the wow. NBA team play on. So yeah, we're, we're busy people. If you were to come here um, and do my kitchen, it'd be like no, no big deal for you at all. Oh no. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Room and board is free, uh, no, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we do do like a lot of people say like, Oh, you must be too big. We're like, no, we do, we do everything. So it's, it's, we do everything from a quick repair to the Mavericks floor. So it doesn't matter. We do it all. Um, but it's Damn. different after the oil and gas industry took a dive. I just said, I'm not coming back. And, uh, the feeling of sleeping in your own bed and having a uh, girl like you long enough to stick around and actually get married is, is totally new to me because for 10 years I didn't know either of those feelings. So I'm very, very happy now. You're maturing. You're becoming a mature yeah. white-tailed buck, you know? Yeah. It's crazy, though. <laughs> I used to have two weeks of every month off, so I just never worried about having time to hunt. And now I'm in the, the game with everybody else where you're trying to you know, okay, well, this weekend isn't going to be any good because of the moon, so I'm going to go to the farmer's market that weekend with my wife. I'm doing that kind of stuff right now. Uh, so I'm I'm behind. Everyone else has been doing it for a decade. I'm behind, so I'm learning. No, you know what? I think Connor Wakefield just jumped in here a minute ago, and he's pretty new to hunting too, and you wouldn't think so if you follow him, but, you know, it's, it's really fun to hear people that are kind of getting into it and, and what that looks like. And, you know, you get in with the right crowd, and we're going to lift you up and help you out as much as possible. So, you know, if you need any help from the audience and listeners on this show, um, we're we're all hands on deck to help you, man. Right on, right on, for sure. I, I'm going to. I need all the help I can. Same. I'm right there with you. I call myself the OK Hunter for a reason. But let's <laughs> let's uh, talk about you. You've been in a couple of different states that you mentioned, um, chasing that kind of stuff, which is a I have a buddy that does that out on uh, in the ocean. I believe he manages like he used to fly drones. And now he does like a underwater robotic welding thing. And I know he's out to like Guam a lot. So he's out to sea at a rig um, for a number of, you know, a duration of time. And he's back home for a duration of time. That's a different type of lifestyle that I can't imagine what that's like. And a dangerous one too at sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I did I did the ocean for a while. Um, I always tell people like the land rigs are, in my opinion, I'm sure someone out there disagrees and that's fine. Uh, but the land rigs are way more dangerous than the uh, ocean rigs. And then the other way I say it is that I can run a lot faster than I can swim. And as a 6'3 fat boy, I can still run a lot faster than I can even try to swim. So I prefer land. <laughs> That's one way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, I can't swim for sure. We're yeah. not meant to swim. We're not sharks. Although you and I no, might we are... be sharks. Oh, did you hear that? That was a two-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of those. I know what it's like. <laughs> Look, here on the Word Hunt Podcast, we keep shit real, we swear, we don't edit content, and we let people live their lives because, you know, we all have lives to live. This isn't some perfect, perfect freaking closed environment. So come as you are, man. Yeah, fucking A right, man. There you go. So, okay, you've hunted, you've lived in a couple different places, and you've hunted some of those places, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. We'll get to Whitetail, but what else have you hunted and where, and what, what has that been like for you? Uh, you know, I've been really fortunate with my job, uh, going everywhere. Um, I've hunted a lot of whitetails. Um, I've done, I, I've been, uh, elk hunting nonstop. I, I just got done elk hunting. I've been on two elk hunts already. It's September 24th. Damn. I've already done two elk hunts. Yeah. Um, I killed a little dinky raghorn and it was, like, it was so awesome. It was so fun. Uh, and then I, you know, I've killed a couple of elk before that. 
our hunting group, we got a couple 350-plus bulls. We are filming a show, and I was kind of the on-site on, uh, on consultant for Extreme Outdoors. Um, and it was, it was pretty fun. Uh, I've been to Africa a few times. Um, when I finally got my first oil field paycheck, I went over to Africa and the guy I met there, he and I became really good friends. And every time he'd come to the States, he'd stay with me and I'd go to South Africa and stay with him. And it's like, I wasn't paying the, the full go to South Africa price trip. I was basically going to see my buddy who lives really far away and his family, they're agricultural and they're, they're farmers. And so we kind of like going to your buddy's farm and, and, and shooting, you know, at least in Texas, we go to people's farms and we shoot pigs and it'd be like going to South Africa to your buddy's farm. And we were, we've shot a lot. We've had a good time. Uh, it, it is so expensive for a South African to come to the U S it's insane how much it costs. And the fact that he comes to our, and the exchange rates like 14 to one. So the fact that he comes to my house, stays at my place drives my truck i mean he spends zero money and so when i go over there he has no problem putting me in front of a, a couple of couple of nice nice specimens to take home um so i'm super fortunate in that and then you know i've just never I've, i kept i stayed single for a long time and uh i made a few bucks and i was able to go on some pretty cool trips and i've just been all over the u.s hunting and fishing. Like I said earlier, I had two weeks of every month off. So I had two weeks to figure this stuff out. And then not to mention the oil and gas company I worked for at the time would pay for my plane ticket. So I'd be Damn, on the rig. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It, it was sweet. So I'd be on the rig and then I had some buddies that, you know, I went to college with or whatever. And we're like, Hey, the ducks are just diving in the, into Nebraska right now. Like you got to get here. And so I'd, you know, say, you know, what's the nearest airport. And then I just book a flight from my rig. And I'll, be, I'll be there in three days. And then I'd get there, and then I'd have to book my own flight home. But sometimes I'd stay so long that I'd have to I'd, I'd have the company fly me from wherever I was, be it, you know, uh, Minnesota or, or one time we were in uh, uh, Annapolis. We were sea duck hunting, uh, just things like that. And so my boss would be like, why were you in Annapolis? And I'm like, yeah, I was duck hunting. Like, <laughs> Quit asking questions, man. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, we're here to drill wells. And so uh, <laughs> that was a wild lifestyle. And then I – uh, like I, I said earlier, the, the market took a turn and then I met my wife and all that at the same time and just poof, over. So, uh, it was a fun run. Yeah. You were like after, most guys I, spirit animals for that duration of time. It sounds like that's freaking. I, I was, I, yeah, I was handling it. I, I was doing the work for everybody who couldn't. Um, and so that was, uh, that was a wild trip, but it's all over now. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in my, some say it's all over. I say it's just beginning. Um, but now I'm just so concentrated, like hyper concentrated on whitetails because I've got uh, some acreage that I have access to and it's a long-term access and we'll be growing them and, and shooting them and it's going to be, it's going to be a good time for sure. And so you're in Texas now, but you've hunted Arizona also in North Dakota yeah. and Mississippi. Mississippi is where backwards grind is out of. So that's kind of cool. The cool oh, connection. whereabouts in, uh, whereabouts in Mississippi? I don't know specifically. It might say on their website, but uh, I know those guys, there's a lot going on in Mississippi over the last couple of months that they've been kind of addressing and dealing with, but they make some damn good coffee. I'll tell you that right now. I'm looking forward to trying it, especially tomorrow morning. I'm going to be pretty tired, so I'm definitely going to be looking into this backwoods grind for sure. Um, 
so yeah, I did uh, Mississippi has so growing I, I born and raised in Arizona, which is public land to the max. I mean everything's public out there. There's a couple of small private ranches and that's all that is is a phone call. You just make a phone call and you're like, Hey, you know, there's we got a Havilena tag and we just see a bunch of Havilena on your land. Is this cool? And it, it was, I've never had a problem. So essentially it was all public. Um, and then when I got to uh, Mississippi, just by chance, I was so spoiled on public land. I lived in Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss is, go Rebels. And um, there was just these giant WMAs, wildlife management areas, all around that county. So I figured it was just so normal. Like, this is how America is. There's just plenty of places to hunt. This is so cool. And we hunted those deer. Now, keep in mind, I mean, pressure is pressure is pressure. And uh, if you can imagine a deep south pressure is way okay. more ex- existent than a out west pressure. Um, so Mississippi deer were very hard to hunt. And then um, the best public land experience I had, though, was uh, North Dakota because it's so cold and it's so hard to get there. And you have to be completely insane to hunt there if you're not from there. So there was pretty, pretty cool opportunities in North Dakota for sure. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. I wouldn't recommend going there for obvious reasons. Don't go there. It's awful. But uh, I had a good, I had a good time there, but you definitely don't want to go there. All the girls there have crabs and you don't want to go. Good to know. Dude, disclaimer, everybody that's listening in. <laughs> what what's yeah. your favorite species hunt? You've hunted, you know, Africa, South Africa, um, in some other places around the world. You've hunted a lot of different game and species. You know, what what have you been drawn to the most? You know, what really kind of has your I'll fancy you now, and what has in the past? What, okay, so my fancy, my current fancy is whitetails because I have sweet access to it. Um, my all time sense, like being a teenager to I'm 34 now. Like the one thing that I've always just kind of been, you know, you see one driving down the road, you go, you son of a bitch, is, uh, is, is coyotes. I just, I, I love coyote calling and I'm so terrible at it. And that's why I think I like it so much because I'm just so bad at it. And the second, it's like, it's like a woman. The second I think I have it figured out, I'm just so wrong. Um, so I've always been obsessed with hunting coyotes. Uh, my dad got me a, uh, cassette tape, Johnny Stewart cassette tape, and we pu- uh, put it in the uh, my mom's bright yellow ghetto blaster, and we, uh, nice. you know, put it on the tree stump when we were kids and see what would happen. And ever since then, I've been obsessed. But uh, definitely, whitetails is my current number one. Uh, I'm always shooting pigs, like completely nonstop, never stop shooting pigs. Uh, that is just an uphill battle I'll never win. Um, and then obviously if I could do it all, if I could do hunt one thing the rest of my life, no questions asked, it would be bugling elk. That's the one that I'm going to be after. I think I'm shooting for 2021 for an elk hunt. It's cool that you've already done two and I'm like putting it on some sort of pedestal. Um, like it's like the big deal lifetime trip, but everyone says like, man, that's what everyone fricking says in the sense that, you know, everyone's like turkey hunting is, is where it's at. It's so fun because they're interactive. But no, whitetail hunting is great because it's a big game. You got to be sneaky and ninja-like and, you know, you got to have all these tactics and you got to have all this experience and skills. And 
it sounds like elk hunting is like this marriage of both where you get the big game experience with all of the haptic feedback of calling them in and having that kind of um, interaction with them. And not to mention the territory where some of these things live. It's breathtaking. Yeah. So, so growing up in Arizona, we, we, we uh, have been on a bazillion elk hunts. And one of the coolest things, like you said, I've already been twice this year. And one of the hunts I went on, I was with a couple of guys and, uh, it, it was, it was kind of quiet, you know, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm, but then the, uh, but cause they're just so focused. These dudes are just so focused. That's why there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. And then the, the second trip I went on with a couple of newbies and these dudes watching them light up hearing these elk bugle. Cause like the first guys were so hardened and experienced that like it, it like in their head that, you know, this is what they live for, but they're not going to show it. And then it was so fun hunting with new, new people because just you have five or six dudes, maybe a couple of cameramen too. And when you hear that elk light up, everyone goes totally silent and everyone just kind of like has a different facial expression of like gratitude and appreciation. Like everyone is just kind of smiling or just kind of closing their eyes or everyone is just so silent. And once it's done bugling, then, then the conversation picks back up. It's, it was so cool. Like it just reminded me of why I love elk hunting so much. So Dude, that's, and then do you, okay, I'm going to pause myself because I'm going to ask you one more question before we really dive into what I think the meat of this yeah. conversation is going to be or what I'm hoping it to be. So whitetail, that's your fix now. Yeah. But yeah. what I think is interesting about what you've talked about offline is you get really kind of fixated on, or fixated, fixated on one yeah. species uh, while you're works. doing it. Yep. <laughs> and no, that's... 100%. Like, I think that's really kind of a cool way to, to go about it, I guess. Like, I almost look at it like like you have friends, right? And you have different groups of friends, but each friend brings out different character traits and, and activities in you. Like, right, maybe you only go, you know, smoke cigars with one friend, but another friend you drink beers with, another friend you game with, another friend you hunt with, another friend, et cetera, et cetera, right? It kind of, and so you have different friends for different parts of your personality, Um in the way that you were talking about hunting different game, it sounds like, you know, each one brings out a different kind of challenge in with how you, how you do things. And I thought that was really kind of fascinating. It's so fun to hear that like now whitetail has your attention. So what about whitetail in public land has your attention currently? Um, so, okay. That's, you, you couldn't have said it better. I, I have, it's just so messed up because I love them all equally. It's not like I, I don't classify them as this, but the truth is the truth. Like, I have friends that I coyote hunt with. I have friends that I whitetail hunt with. I have friends that I elk hunt with, so on and so forth. And then everybody, by the way, everybody in Texas pig hunts. Like, it's just, like, if you have a rock and you see a pig, you should throw it at that pig. That's just keep them on their toes. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely have friends in, in, in each little category. And uh, the dudes, and I have a group text in every category, too. So my phone just lights up all day like oh they're getting ducks right now in saskatchewan we'll be ready to, to hammer them in north dakota here in two weeks like just things like that um and and, and not to mention fishing i do fish so it's like oh wow the spawn is you know the big girls are getting on the beds like so i have all these different group texts my wife is just so over it um but yeah yeah, so yeah I hear that. right now my current fixation right now is as you mentioned whitetail because i've got some pretty killer long-term access to some white white tail property and so um my family has 
uh, land in North Dakota full of whitetails, but it's so hard and expensive to get there. And I couldn't get there till my adult life, you know, cause, you know, make money. And your parents are just going to buy you a ticket to go hunting, go get a job as my dad would say. And so, uh, once I got a job and made some money, I started going up there all the time and meeting up with my uncles and, and cut long lost cousins. And we've been, you know, tracking these whitetails forever. So I, North Dakota whitetails is a big thing right now. And then down South, my wife, my wife's dad is a rancher in Texas and we, uh, we've got 400 cows and we're super busy all the time. It's a, we kill some pretty good deer off there, but everyone just instantly thinks all these Instagram warriors think it's a high fence, but no, we're, 100% low fence operation. Uh, it, we're a cattle operation. We don't care about deer. Deer do not pay the bills. We just happen to use our extracurricular time to take care of the deer, if that makes sense. So yeah, that we makes do, sense. Yeah, we do set things up. Once we're done with what pays the bills, the cows, then we do kind of, you know, protein feed and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, now that we've got, uh, now that we've got this acreage and stuff, I'm, I introduced my father-in-law to a trail camera uh, five years ago and just showing him like, Hey, this is this deer three years ago, like things like that. And it's really brought us together. Uh, it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun. I've got, a, I'm super lucky with it. Great in-laws. Um, and so, yeah, like right now we're just growing these whitetail and they're, they're getting big. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's been so fun. And uh, my father-in-law have been like, kicking around the idea of going to management classes and like we've listened to a few um uh i can't think of the name of the podcast on top of my head but a few of their uh whitetail management podcasts together on like long road trips um and so it's it's been really fun so that's our current obsession is whitetails and then of course you can't have whitetails in texas without having an insane amount of pigs and then the occasional wily coyote so i never i never stopped predator calling and i never don't have a full mag a 30 round clip uh there you go feinstein 30 round clip in my, <laughs> or 30 round magazine in my uh, gun ready to roll and we we absolutely go medieval on those pigs when we see them i mean i'm talking window down dump the mag reload dump it again that there's that many it's insane like a pretty thick skin too though you do need to shoot a few times if i'm not mistaken from some other no, guests that it, i've no, had it, on so like it's it's crazy like uh, a, a five, a five, five, six, a two, two, three. If you're not, if you're shooting a 55 grain bullet, it's just not going to work. You got to, you got to bump your numbers up. I use a six, uh, eight STC. I use a 95 grain Barnes TTSX, uh, all hand loads. So it takes a lot of time. When I dump a mag, I'm like, well, that was like two hours of work <laughs> right there. So, Jeez. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, Well, I guess what I was going to ask, sorry, so I'm really good at interrupting or bad, depending on how you look at it. Um, when you were doing all this traveling, like let's, let's switch gears a hundred percent now and get into, um, the business side of things, right? Cause you're, okay. Yeah. You're the founder, owner, operator I'm of musket yep, powder. Let's, all, all the tell me about it, man. Tell the audience about musket powder. Okay. So I'm glad you asked. Um, I have a seasoning company called musket powder. You can find us on Instagram at, at Musket Powder Official. Our website is musketpowder.com. And it started in North Dakota because all we ate was wild game. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner was wild game because we're in a paradise, a paradise that sucks because there's nothing there, so don't go there ever to hunt. But anyways, um, 
we ate all that nonstop. And one of my best friends from there is from this little town, less than a hundred people. His dad has a taxidermy school in this small town and people, and he has a lodge and people come in and stay at this lodge, part of their tuition to learn, uh, learn from him. He's an amazing taxidermist. He's the Tunison taxidermy in Newburgh, North Dakota. And, um, so they had a guy from Alaska there and this guy from Alaska had this pretty killer rug. And so he gave it to my friend's dad. My friend's dad gave it to his son. His son tweaked it. His, his son put his own spin on things and then his son gave it to me and I put my own spin on things. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, a man's word is a man's word and a handshake is a handshake. So I said, look, man, you know, I'm going to do something with this. Are you cool with that? And he said, yeah, I'm okay with it. So obviously we have a gentleman's agreement that's off the record, but um, yeah, I started it in February as a wild game rub and it has, I'm not going to say blown up, but it's done extremely well, much better than I expected. And um, our return customers are through the roof. Every time someone buys it, it's funny. You're like, you'll memorize the name. And then uh, that person will, in three weeks, will buy, you know, they'll buy one. And then three weeks, they'll buy three. And then in a month, they'll buy a a case. And they'll send a message like, oh, I'm giving this to everyone in my office. This stuff is awesome. So, uh, it's it's going on. It, it started as a wild game rub, but I mean, good lord, man, we use it on everything. My wife puts it on pizza. We put it on popcorn. Um, I've gotten every kind of uh, Instagram direct message you could ever imagine with it. The only thing I haven't gotten on is cereal or ice cream. That's it. I've gotten it on every kind of meat you could ever imagine, sure. cooked every which way. So That's I mean, people funny. bake bread with it. Uh, people do all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, it's been insane. And I've met great people. Uh, some people, I don't even know what they look like. They just send me so many messages and, and I love them all. Don't get me wrong. I, I love every message I get. And I reply back to every one of them. And I have built great relationships with people and people always ask me like, Hey, how do you cook this? How do you cook that? People mistake me for a chef or something. I am not. I just really, really like to cook. So people always ask me what to do. And there's been times where I've said, hey, man, I'm going to have to Google that. And then one of my best friends from grade school is a full-time chef. And there's been so many times where I've asked him, I'll say, hey, i got a customer asking me this. What do I tell him? So, and I always go back because I don't, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in don't be fake. So I always say, look, I don't know, but my friend who's a chef, he told me this. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been an absolute insane ride since February. It's been so much fun. We have giant things coming up in the next year. Um, it's going to be great. And we've got uh, another flavor launching here. I'm hoping in the next year it is an insane amount of work to get one flavor out the door. You have no idea. Um, we're looking forward to it. And a lot. the difference between us and them is that you'll see these seasoning companies that pop up overnight. And a lot of them have like 10 flavors, but it's just kind of like, how did you come up with 10 flavors that fast? So the reason we only have one flavor is because we're our R&D, which is basically me and my buddies, telling me if it sucks or it doesn't suck. Uh, our R&D is, is very brutal. And I get a lot of this sucks, this sucks, this, this sucks. And we finally got a rub that hit and everyone liked it. So it, it takes a long time for us. We're not going to sell you a bunch of crap um, just to have another thing to sell. 
So I have no problem. I've got a good nine to five job. I have no problem taking time until I come up with something awesome to release the second flavor. So if I went on a tangent there, that's one, right? I apologize, but that that's what it is. No, not at all. No tangent. Like I, I mean, so you sent me some right away and, uh, I made a point to use it before tonight's show. So I put it on some, some beef burgers last night on the grill. And again, tonight, tonight was the encore. It was really just that good. And I wanted it to be fresh, but you know, my wife, I'll cook for her and you know, she's, She's like, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's whatever. She's like, this is no bullshit. And if she's watching, she might be, she can comment, whatever. Um, she's really funny about meat in general. Like, she's pretty sketchy about venison. She was about to turn a corner there and start loving it. And then she, like, yeah, I was ice fishing with a buddy one year, a couple years ago. And she thought she was going to do something really nice and make me a venison stew. And so for when I got home, I could just, like, you know, come off the ice and have this great venison stew. Well, when I make venison stew, I take... You know, the whole shoulder, and I just put it into the the roast, and I put it right into the crock pot, and that's it. Well, she diced up a whole roast. And so she's like, yep, I made a mistake. I cut up a whole roast into cubes, and it looks like a murder took place in the kitchen, and it smells like venison meat in here, and I'm never eating venison again. <laughs> like, she's a, she, I was like, oh, shit, that's not good. Yeah, she she's like, what do you want to tell your ass? I, I was trying I'm to surprise you. Oh, man. So she's sketchy about meat. Like, she's just always sketchy about it. Like, oh, is this cooked? Is this not good? Whatever. Well, I make these burgers last night, and, and she's like, fine, I'll have one. I'm like, even I thawed the meat in, in cold water, which is what I do. Um, you know, I, I want to just get it done. So I was like, well, I'll thaw them in cold water. I'm not going to do it in the microwave because I always cook some meat, and, and I didn't have time to thaw it overnight. I wanted to get it get at it. And she's like, oh, it's so sketchy when you do it in water. I'm like, no, it's totally fine. So whatever, she's already feeling weird about it, going into eating these burgers. And I'm like, no, I have to try the seasoning. So... Long story short, you know, I, I cook the burgers on the grill, we serve them up, and she's like, holy shit, this is one of the best burgers I've had in a really long time. This is this is really good. And so I made them again tonight, and dude, they're so good. So your seasoning, it says on there, like, put it on, cover your whole meat, and then, you know, when you think you have enough, add some more. Um, Completely cover and, you, and add a little more. Yeah, buddy. Dude, you you made it sound, you just explained a minute ago, like, it's like a rub, and that makes more sense to me. Because, like, a seasoning, I think of, like, garlic or, you know, some of the grill mate stuff or, um, you know, just Lore salt or Tony's Shashers or whatever the hell that's called. And this, you do you do really cake it on. I will say it came out, like, super fast because the whole everybody was like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, no, I've overdone it. And I didn't. It wasn't overdone at all. It was great. So the ingredients in the rub, which are labeled on the bottle, um, does speed up the caramelization process. Um, so that uh, that does happen quite a bit. A lot of people think they burnt it, but it's actually it's actually just perfect. It's just creating a bark, like a like a, a a good a good thick textured bark. So you have something to chew on, and it it does it does a good job. I'm glad you like it, and. And I will say, if I'm on on record, Tony Satchery's is the bomb, and it's the best season. I grew up with that stuff, and uh, all hail Tony's for that reason. I, I he is the reason I did this because when I grew up, every household had Tony's on the coffee table, and I said to myself, like, I want to put a bottle of musket powder on every coffee table next to Tony's because Tony's is king. So that's pretty funny. You know, small aside, I grew up real poor. Whatever, like poorer than poor and 
I would put Lori salt on everything. Like we we did. You said like one of your um, testimonies was like, oh, I'll put it on popcorn. Well, we used to put Lori salt on popcorn all the time. Like it was a thing. We put like it just went on everything. And I don't know why I associate that being poor. If it, that's not true, then sorry for those I might have offended. But that's how we season everything. And so when you're camping, my buddy's like, oh no, dude, I got this Tony Saucers or whatever. And I can't say it still. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but he got shit faced, and he's like, Tony Shashers. <laughs> Tony Shashers. And then so we're like putting Tony Shashers on everything we could fucking find. And it was, yeah. I was like, oh man, this is actually really freaking good. You know, I loved it. And, you know, whatever. So seasonal, I think, is what that is, right? Is that how you would describe that? Yeah, a seasonal? seasonal. Side note, totally relevant. There's a dude I worked on drilling rigs with. He was, uh, so I called Tony, honestly, I might be saying it wrong. I, I Me too. Tony Saturies. Saturies. That's why I grew up with it. I've, I call it Saturies. I have no idea. Uh, so we, I call it Cajun cocaine. Um, no. <laughs> there was when I worked in Louisiana in the ocean. Uh, there were these Cajuns that would. I'm talking. It was their blood type. And there was this one guy. I'll never forget as long as I live. Like you think of two oil rig guys getting in a fight. Like it's just a fight to the death. Like a bar fight. The toughest dudes you ever met. Complete opposite. One dude was such a little bitch. They took a handful of Tonys, poured it in his hand, and threw it in the other dude's face. Like, the biggest bitch move ever. But if that's going to go down anywhere, it's going to go down on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean in Louisiana. I honestly think even Tony stuff might be proud of that. I mean, that was it. It's like, what do I do? How do I, how do I hurt this guy? Well, I can't hit him because I'm a little bitch. So I'm going to throw Tonys in his face. And, like, it, it put the guy down. So it worked. So It's like, it it's like mace. There you go. There you go, really guys is. and gals. Yeah, carry that with you. It'll track the bear and deter the bear at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, no. So I've seen Tony Saturies or Cajun cocaine, as I call it, used in every every way you could ever imagine. Dude, that's pretty funny. What happened? There's a bear attack. Yeah, he came into the Tony Saturies that I had. How'd you get rid of him? I fucking threw it in his face. <laughs> I chucked it in his face. <laughs> oh, man. For that's sure. Great. So, like... What are some of the what are some of your favorite meals? Like so we got a couple folks watching. We'll have a lot more in podcast land. Um look, I scrolled through the Instagram feed and shared that on the screen. I started drooling, I had to stop. Um talking about the burgers is great. I have one left that I'm gonna eat after I'm done tonight. Um but what are some, some good meals? Like you said you're not a chef, that's okay. But it sounds like you have plenty of experience with a lot of different game. You've developed a seasoning. Not I you're the only person I've ever met that's developed their own freaking seasoning. So um, maybe give us a couple pointers, man. Like, how do you prepare meals? Yeah. What are things that you I'd love? So first of all, um, my my Instagram page, my personal page is all cooking, and it's at Ward Danger D A N G E R. So at W A R D D A N G E R, and it's all cooking. But I hate people that post pictures of food, so I refuse to post pictures of food. So I do uh, the highlights. So every time I cook a killer meal. I put it in my highlights while the, while the pictures are, you know, me killing pigs and killing ducks and all that fun stuff. But, so one thing I love to cook, I've got, as we touched on earlier, I've lived everywhere. So I've got a lot of influences, but my main influences are Hispanic growing up in Arizona, living in Texas. I, I'm not going to say I'm fluent in Spanish, but if you gave me an envelope full of cash and dropped me off blindfolded in Mexico, I can get my way back. Like that's my nice. Spanish is pretty decent, pretty decent. It's not fluent, but it's decent. Um, so I love, and I mean, 
love Mexican food. I love Mexican culture. I love all that. Uh, like tonight, we had venison barbacoa, which is a uh, something I guarantee you've never heard of in Wisconsin. Um, have not, dude. It, I have not. And I went to Nicaragua with three words. My wife is a Spanish teacher, and she couldn't oh, really? teach me Spanish at all. And so I learned cerveza, baño, la quinta for check, and then um, agua. So I guess four. Me amo, me amo, Eric. Right? That was it. And travel the whole country with well, the guy that in, talked about Tony Shasher's course. I'll put it in perspective. When I, I had one, I thought I graduated college and I had one class left to take and it was Spanish 101. And I, I was like, you gotta be joking me. And like, at this point I was like, my Spanish was insane. It was really good. And I would do all these tests and I had a white kid grading my papers and he was saying that they were all wrong. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like these are right. And so I had to actually take it to the head of the Spanish department and be like, look, I'm sorry. I know like legit Spanish. It'd be like if someone from uh, Mexico city went to the Harvard of Mexico and got a master's in English and then they dropped him off in South Louisiana and said, good luck. Like it just, (laughs) it just wouldn't work. So uh, yeah, exactly. So I like all the Spanish I knew was like pretty, pretty, pretty street Spanish. So I had to go to the head of the Spanish department and be like, this is BS. I passed this class. This is what this means. But the point I'm getting at is most of my food is uh, Hispanic-based because I just – What was the one that you said again? What, what was it called? The one that we haven't heard of it's in Wisconsin, which you're probably right? Barbacoa. It sounds like barbecue, but barbacoa, B-A-R-B-O-C-A. And there, you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Well, there's 15,000 ways to make barbacoa. Um, my absolute favorite is two cheeks, one tongue. Put it in a crock pot for eight hours. But with uh, and that's with a cow. But with venison, it's uh, two cheeks and then a prime cut of meat. So we get quite a few deer tags in Texas. So we can kind of uh, mix and match with our back straps a little bit. I know that's a super delicate cut for a lot of people yep. that only get like one deer tag if they get a deer tag. So I don't think get a deer, it. right? Exactly. I don't recommend it if, if, if a backstrap is precious, but I hate to sound like a, an asshole, but we've got freezers full of backstrap. Um, so what we'll do is we'll take two cow cheeks and then uh, an entire venison, one venison tenderloin. I do it in the sous vide, um, but most people do it in the crock pot and it's just eight hours on low and then i put an onion in there with a whole head of garlic and uh, a whole jalapeno and a handful of cilantro and you just let it cook and then when you pull it up and you shred it like shredded pork and you put it in a taco and it is unbelievable how good it is and you got you got to kind of drain the grease out it gets a little greasy but i'll be putting that on my instagram page uh, on the ward danger page here pretty soon I usually do a Taco Tuesday post or a highlight reel. So uh, we'll be doing that. Um, so that's one thing I love to cook is, is all Mexican food. Um, but then when it comes to like, we do a lot of football in Texas. Uh, we live right by Texas Christian University, TCU. So we go to okay. tailgates all the time. And so uh, a lot of uh, tailgate food is not necessarily tacos, but we'll do like venison sliders. And that is the easiest thing to make. And it's, so good uh people freak out over that that's that's on my that's on my instagram page as well and then 
I mean, who can forget chili? I mean, everyone loves chili. Uh, in Texas, we don't put beans in chili. I know a lot of Midwestern people put beans in chili, and that's that's yep. your own fault, I guess. But uh, yeah, we we've got uh, we've got. Chili. Yeah, if I don't know what I'm missing, I can't even knock it. Like I can't even yeah. taste this. <laughs> no, we've got such good chili here. Um, and that's the other thing. Like a lot of people, I get a lot of DMs on my personal page, More um, Danger, and uh, I email people daily, and I mean three, four times a day. People say, hey, what's this recipe? Hey, what's that recipe? And I love DMing people about it because it gives me a chance to say, like, oh, um, I noticed you're from South Carolina. That's awesome. Have you ever been to blah, blah, blah? And I, I just love talking to people. So I, I, I purposely don't have a blog. I purposely don't have uh, anything like that because basically I force people to talk to me because sometimes I get bored at work and I, I just absolutely love random engagement from a random person. It makes my day. Yeah, dude, and you had no problem reaching out to me, and we struck up a conversation, you know, out of thin air, and here we are, right, diving in. And oh, yeah. Make me super hungry. Trevor um, with East Coast Boeing Podcast just jumped in, said, what up, guys? A little late to the party. Trev, you're going to want to tune in this one. I know you love cooking. When I met you at the shoot, you were making all sorts of good fish because you're a big fisherman. Uh, I know that's your day job, but obviously it's some of your passion, too. Um, this will be a good one for you to tune into, man. Anyway, and Elijah, thanks Trevor, for commenting on it. Yeah, dude, you, he calls in all the time. He's no stranger. He's definitely not shy. If you want to call in, but jump in and we could share some recipes here. You know, I have, um, I'm trying to think, I think my favorite really just for a dumb reason, like I, I could, I'm not a cook. I could, I like the idea of cooking. I like learning how to cook. Um, you know, one of my more quote unquote creative venison meals was venison, uh, barbecue venison spaghetti. And, um, I made that for a, I did a canoe trip in the Boundary Water Canoe Area in Canada and Minnesota where they kind of border. And I cooked up like four meals at once, all venison. And then when they were done, I, I put them in my oven to dehydrate for like 10 hours. And I then vacuum sealed and vacuum packed that and brought it up to the Boundary Waters with me. And when we got up there, I just reheated it by boiling some water. And um, dude, it was the venison barbecue spaghetti was so freaking good. My favorite meal, though, is just the simple pot roast. Like, I love a venison pot oh, roast, pot roast so after good. coming in from the woods. Dude, it's – so Trev did call in, so I'm going to bring him on right now. Um, Trev, get in. What up, buddy? <laughs> what's, what's up, Imani? How are you? Doing good, hey, man. Trevor, We're just talking about now? food. <laughs> I love it, man. You know. Fat kids love hey. food. We can definitely talk about food. <laughs> oh, oh, well, one fat kid to another. What's going on, Trev? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Hey, so we were kind of talking. He was telling me about the Boundary Waters and coming back and, like, how good that food was. But I, I wanted to throw in a, a quick plug for the French, which is the first thing to ever leave my mouth. Uh, is that That's what I love about that sous vide is that you can – if you have, like, a four-hour – something that takes, like, four hours to, to cook – you can put that thing in, do an all, you know, do a four-hour sit, and then come back, and food's ready. So versus like, there's nothing worse than getting home from deer camp or getting home from the stand, getting back to camp, and it's like 10:30 and you're starving, but you have to wake up at five. There's nothing worse. So that is one thing I love about a crockpot and/or a sous vide. So, anyways, that's that was my that was my plug. That's the only time I've ever complimented the French. <laughs> French fries. I just say that. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe French. Freedom fries. I don't know where crepes come from, but freedom fries. There we go. Trev, what's up, man? You you 
you guys cook some great shit. I just saw D-Rock posted a picture the other day of eating a heart. Uh, I have not done that, but it looked delicious. Yeah, man. Uh, we love cooking a ton of stuff. Me and D-Rock are constantly bouncing things off. He actually came over last night when we started a podcast, and he brought over some uh, pickled um, coral mushrooms and some chicken of the woods, and then he brought over some of his home jerky. That man's always cooking, so we're always collaborating together. And he's, and he's Mexican, right? Stuff. Like, he's... He's Hispanic. Yeah, so he's, he's, I can't, he's in trying to do an accent. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always cooking spicier food and stuff, but it's awesome, like, when we're in camp or whatever, like, when we're even at um, – did you stick around when we were doing it at the uh, at the shoot, Eric? Dude, I, I had to get home. I was so freaking pissed, but, like, I, you know, I'm a family man, so, you know, I, I did my time and got out there to meet people, which is what I wanted, and I'd love to stay and hang out, but I, I, I jetted, and I missed out on all your fucking food. Dicks couldn't cook it earlier. Yeah, yeah we did uh, We did a bunch of tacos, fish tacos, and uh, yeah. what else did we do? Sitka deer late night and all kinds of different things, but, yeah, we love cooking, man. Cooking's where it's at, especially wild game after – you know, taking down a harvest and then all the different recipes and collaborating with different hunters. It's definitely a great thing. Do my dad, I remember being in the Nicolay National Forest in northern Wisconsin, the dead of freaking winter, no, a.k.a. November, but up there it's winter, right? There's like five feet of snow, no joke. And there there wasn't a lot, of, there's not a lot of deer up there anymore. There, there wasn't then when we were hunting and he got a doe. So we dragged it back to the truck, he gutted it, and then we cut out the back straps right then and there, and he had this little shitty tailgate grill, put some coals in it, lit it up, got it going, and then we we fried up some back straps with some mushrooms and onions on a frying pan on the grill in the middle of the north woods of Wisconsin. Uh, fresh kill. One of the one of my one of my favorite favorite single meals of my lifetime was that moment right there. That's and it doesn't food taste so much better when you're in the wild with it. Like <laughs> Dude, that's why the meat eater is such a great show to watch, too. Like, by the way, like, I I love that stuff. Now, I don't know about eating the eyeball stuff that tastes like dough that he does, but I guess I'd have to try it. There's nothing better than, like, a long day's work. Uh, When I was in high school, I used to chase this girl around, and her dad was a big cattle rancher, and I'd go work for him for free thinking that would pay off. It it didn't. But anyways, um, he – I would always have these bologna sandwiches, and there was – after like eight hours on horseback, that bologna sandwich was what you didn't want when your mother packed it for you. But that was the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. So, yeah, anything in the field tastes amazing. I couldn't agree more. It's, I don't know what it is. It's, there's something about it. I got one buddy, Mike, who um, will be gutting a deer. And, like, he'll just be sitting there eating beef jerky. He's like, you guys hungry? I'm fucking hungry. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm L.O. deep in a deer right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> and he's like, man, it's making me hungry. And then I'll just start snacking on shit. I'm like, you are a weird dude. <laughs> I don't. Do you guys know anybody that does that shit? I got like a one buddy that does that. I hate to admit this, but I, I, yeah. As long as my hands are you that buddy? Dirty. I'm that buddy. As long as my hands aren't dirty, <laughs> I'll do it with like a beer and a sandwich. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll remove my hand from the glove and take a bite of the sandwich and get back to work. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm, that I'm guy. the same exact way. I'm the I'm that guy also. <laughs> I'm huge into that. Like we'll be skinning deer heads in the shop, and then I'll be like, I'll talk to porn star and be like, Yo, want to order a pizza? <laughs> oh yeah. Like, order, yeah, dude, we're skinning deer heads, man. <laughs> That's funny now boiling deer heads, 
boiling deer heads gets a little rough. I don't have an appetite when there's when there's deer heads boiling. That, 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 yeah, that, that's, that's a rough, a rough smell. <laughs> that is that's a whole nother level. Like you have to be like a mortician to be able to eat during that. So you ever eat deer brains? That's where it's at, man. Right before you boil that skull, you dig that brain out. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Never nope. been that hungry. Yeah, that's like some Fear Factor shit. Do you guys remember that show? They make you eat weird stuff. That's oh. the one reason I would fail that show every fucking time. I'll do all the other stuff. Put something. Yeah, maybe not the scorpions on the skin or the, all that too. I guess I'm a bit of a pussy. Like spiders and eh, you know. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers that show? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Fear Factor. Oh maybe my god! Absolutely. Totally. Holy shit. Yeah, for sure. My I, I think I can do the whole thing. My favorite was in Chappelle's show, made fun of it. He's like, ooh, wee, elk penis, my favorite. Yeah. I know someone out there, there's a listener that's eating elk penis. I bet. Dude, some guy's like, I dare eat the fucking dick. And then sure enough, someone's yeah. eating it. That's how that went down in the middle of a mountain somewhere. You'll never you'll never know. <laughs> what happens on the mountain stays on the mountain. <laughs> we we gutted a couple of elks. We gutted a couple of elks uh, last weekend. And... I'm not gonna lie that that scene from Chappelle's show where they talked about elk dick making fun of uh, Fear Factor that did cross my mind. I was like, God, I bet I bet the the Fear Factor people would would ask us to save it, but I'm sorry. Like I said, I've never been that hungry. There's there's plenty of other things show. to eat other than that. Yeah, <laughs> never yeah, we were talking about good stuff. We took a turn here, guys. We took a turn. You yeah. know, we were just yeah. talking about. The, Barbacoa venison and uh, some of those tacos, and my mouth is watering now. I'm kind of puckering up a little bit, but it's all good fun. What not well, to do with the barbacoa? Is badass. I'm sitting in the backyard right now, and I'm looking inside. I got my wife and her best friend inside. And they have our, my wife weighs 100 pounds soaking wet, and she's on her third taco. Like they are crushing it. So it it, it obviously did good tonight. So Taco Tuesday. That's where it's at. You guys doing tacos out in the East Coast, Trev? No, 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 no tacos tonight, man. Uh, chick, I think what do we have chicken, chicken salad today. <laughs> no tacos. I wish I could do use some fish tacos right now. Honestly, dude, you need Everything. to send me your email, man. I've got a killer fish taco recipe. I'll uh, I'll make sure to get up with you after this, and uh, we make uh, we make fried fish tacos all the time. We catch. We've got a Ooh. little cattle tank that's just overrun with bluegill. And we we catch them and fry them and make a killer fish taco. So I'll be I'll be sure to get up to on that. It's on my Instagram page too. It's it's badass. I'm I literally will definitely take you up, up on that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be Dude, sure. I'll be sure to send it to you. Do you where are you tell D Rock I say what's up? You guys are, are you I'm in a Connecticut? Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Connecticut native. Yep. Yep. East Coast. The People's Republic of Connecticut. I dig it. No, it's horrible here, man. <laughs> gun I know. Laws you go out yeah, your gun laws. That's why I call it the People's Republic. Y'all, y'all got a lot. Yeah. Of, you can't have semi-automatic or all kinds of stuff going on over there. Is that correct? Uh, it's, it's so bad as far, I mean, going as far as you have to have a ammo permit. So you have to actually get an ammo license and get to even buy ammunition in the state of Connecticut, never mind a long arms license. And, like, they have all these crazy licenses you have to buy. Dude, wow. 
Brother, yeah, and you can't uh, we'll find you a place to live. You, that's why everyone's moving to Texas. The only problem is they're bringing their politics with them, but you sound pretty straight and narrow, so come on down anytime. <laughs> yeah, that's why we bow hunt a lot up here, because just the gun laws are just absolute bullshit up here, and it's impossible to even buy ammunition. I mean, I can't even go to the store and buy more than 500 rounds of 22 in one trip. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Stay strong, bro. Stay strong, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the worst thing when it comes. What's up? I will for sure, for sure. I know. He's I will see him well, this uh, week. We're gonna get on to the the my favorite part of the show. I'll drop you off, and uh, we're gonna get into the most memorable yes. hunt. All right, you guys have a good night. Good chatting with you, and uh, I'll hit you up for that uh, taco recipe for sure. Yeah, find me on Instagram. Word danger. All right, we'll do, man. All right, brother. See you then. Later, Later, E-Money. Thank you. Yep. Dude, that's some good stuff. I like that guy. (laughs) He's good shit, and he's a great shot, too, and he's one hell of a cook. Like, he's the real deal. They're they're good guys. If you haven't heard of the East Coast Bowhunter podcast, it's it's pretty raw, but that's what's good about it, and I highly recommend it. Those guys are fucking great. No, I I will be looking into a friendship with those guys. Those guys are cool. And it will be a, an ironclad friendship out of the gates. So that's how that's how they roll, dude. Tell me your most memorable hunt. What what kind of story you have you been brewing since I asked you before we hit the record button? So I've got most memorable hunt sentimental, and I've got most memorable hunt like never want to do it again. But so glad I did it. Which one do you want to hear? Ooh, damn it! Hold on. Who's listening? You got some comments? Like, what do you guys want to hear? Like I made a man out of myself on the most like. Most it was brittle, but the other one. I think is, a la- I like the latter. Let's do the latter. Is the latter main most brittle? Yep. Okay. So, West Texas. People don't know this. People, and it's uh, it's kind of a kept secret, but it's not like a public land secret where you know everyone shows up. It's all private land, so I I have no problem disclosing the secret because you can't just show up. Um, because it's private land, and that sounds super snooty, but I promise I will unsnood this comment. So I drilled a well, I drilled a couple of wells for this landowner in South Texas, way south, like right by Mexico. We were chasing illegals off of our drilling site. That's how South Texas we were. And um, a lot. I went to college, all that jazz, have all my teeth, and they always sent me to talk to the landowner because I could have like a decent conversation with them. A lot of these guys on rigs got nervous around people like that. And I said, I can handle this. I'll take care of it. So this landowner said, Hey, you know, I'm pissed off. You guys are leaving trash. This, that, and the other I was like, yeah, no problem. We'll pick it all up. So that's where the relationship started. And over like two years of drilling on this guy's ranch, he and I became pretty good friends. And he said, look, I'm going to sell this ranch and um, I'm moving out to way West Texas, right by New Mexico. And uh, you are welcome to come out and hunt every year, once a year, just you. Thank you so much. And yeah, no problem. Because basically, like, I didn't do it, but the oil, uh, he's worth more money than, like, his great, great, great grandkids don't need to work. Like, that's how much money this guy's worth. Because we drill these killer wells. And so, uh, I hit him up once a year. I hunt on his ranch once a year, every year for the past 10 years. I've killed a killer mule deer. I've killed a great elk. 
um, a lot of times it come out empty handed, but it's just like, it's such a cool hunt that I don't give a shit. It's so fun. And, uh, so that elk I killed, I killed a, a bull elk, called it in, shot it, killed it. At the time I was dating this girl who's unmentionable. And, um, she, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, like an idiot, I brought a girlfriend on elk hunt and it was so dumb. Nice, um, nice work on that one. Yeah. Really <laughs> the story isn't called regret. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. But I, I shot this elk, and uh, the most memorable hunt ever started when I shot this elk. Because I shot this elk, and I walk up to it, and there is this the largest animal I've ever seen in my life laying dead. And not only did it not die next to the road, but it died, like, in a canyon. So, oh, God. I went back and I got my girlfriend only to take pictures. So she took some pretty killer pictures. And uh, then after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to cut this bad boy up and start packing them out. Um, any help you can give me, I'm, you know, you're a dainty little girl, so I understand you can't do a lot, but like any help you can give me is great. She had just had shoulder surgery and she couldn't even like hold the leg. You know, like when you're field dressing a deer, like, hey, man, hold yeah, that hold leg. hold the leg, man. Yep, you got it. Yep. Imagine an imagine an elk. So I packed this son of a and not only did I field dress this thing, but I skinned it and packed that son of a bitch out by myself. It took an entire day. I had to leave the neck roast because um, it was spoiled. I smelled it and it was just it was done. It was spoiled. It took sun up to sundown to pack that thing out. Texas heat. It, September, it was brutal. To this day, I don't know. Like, unless I go through, like, the only thing I can think of, I've never done anything harder. You know, I've done high school. I've never done military, so I imagine, I can't even imagine how much harder military boot camp is. I, I bet it's absolutely brutal. Never done it. Love those guys. But that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I've, you know, high school football, high school wrestling, all that stuff. That's the, I've nev- that's the hardest thing I've ever, physically ever done in my life was packing that elk out by myself. And so the way I saw it, it was like, the only, I have friends who've done the military. The only thing that's harder would be would be the military. So, I I mean, and that's speaking for someone who's never done it. Again, complete respect to those dudes. But, um, yeah, it was just the most brutal thing I've ever done in my life, packing out an entire elk by yourself. And, like, people say, oh, I've done it. Oh, I've done it. That's cool. That's cool. You didn't do it out of a canyon. You know what I mean? It was like every, it was like a two-mile trip there and back, and that's one quarter, and it's like straight vertical. It was, it was so brutal. I I, I just can't even imagine doing it. I, I, as a 34-year-old, I can tell you right now, I I'm not in good enough shape to do it again. It was it was absolutely brutal. You so, probably die. Like, yeah. Elk. I'm going with you, buddy. Don't worry. Yeah. That's not, so I was 25 so it's when I did it. So in I, your I, mind. I, 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 yeah, I was 25 when I did it, so I recovered. But 35, 34, 35, nah, I, I don't. I mean, I'd, I'd end up doing it, but I'd, I'd tell my, you know, I'd do it because I'm stubborn. But other than that, no, there's That's no where way. I'm at. I have a weird competitive nature, like. Yeah, no, exactly. Competitive. I'd do it. I, I would, I would buck, I would buck up and do it. But still, I, oh, I was in so much pain at 25. I can't even imagine 35. Yeah, dude. Nope. I did some dumb shit last season where, so I hunt uh, Grant County in Wisconsin. It's where the Mississippi and Wisconsin River meet. 
And it is like, it is bluff country. It's sheer fricking bluffs, like cliffs. And uh, I like travel down this bluff and I took like the long way. It was like super leisurely. It was a path. It took forever. And I got to the bottom and I was like, oh my God, I was using my my app, right? The word hunt app. And I, I could see where my buddies were. I'm like, if I climb this fucking cliff, no hunter in the right mind has done this shit. I could drive a deer that could be on the edge of this thing when I get to the top and drive it right to him. And so I did. I stopped like five times. My lungs were burning like they've never burned. This is sort of been 32, right? And I was just like, I was near death, I thought, in a blaze orange freaking, you know, I was like a fucking blaze orange cloud all puffed up like the kid from a Christmas story climbing this cliff like a dipshit with my rifle. And I'm like, at what point did I think this was a good idea of a father or a daughter at this point? Like 25, this would have been hard. I'm 32. And it was a damn near night. It was a nightmare come true, dude. It was, I wasn't packing anything like you were. It was one of those at this age, I still wanted to do the challenge. <laughs> it was less about driving a deer than it was me being able to say like, I fucking scaled a cliff to drive a deer. And we got the biggest buck of a lifetime. I got up there. There were no deer. Drove jack shit to no one. My buddies like were like, oh, you climbed the cliff? Bro, we're back at the truck. So like at the bottom, I was like, they're here. And at the top, they were like long gone. You know, I was like. Well, if you had the yep. where, where to hunt app, if think about if you didn't have it, because then, you know, what if someone is already up there taking your spot and you hike all that way just to find out someone's yeah. hunting? Because <laughs> you had the like, where to oh, hunt man. app, you'd mark it. Say, I'm here. Back up. Oh, shit. Yeah, I should have just called for someone to come drive down and pick my dumb ass up. That would have been the smart choice. Uh, I remember sitting up there going, I might fall down this motherfucker. Like I could, I could actually really injure myself. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, so I can imagine doing that with an elk on my shoulder, like in a pack. There's no way. I give credit where it's due. And uh, that chick I was dating at the time, there was one point where she was like, you can do this. I know you can. You can do this. So it was She's that. She's like, better. Um, I'm going to dump for being a Sally. Yeah, that's like, the thing. I'm like, if, yeah, I, I, I brought you here because you looked like you had a strong back, but you've let me down. So <laughs> You better be my cheerleader now. Well, dude, thanks so much for being on the show. And, you know, let's recap real quick. Where do folks find you? Where can they go try the season? There's a couple comments that came through some folks that might be interested. And so, um, you know, if anybody can go check it out, it's, it's affordable. Like it's seasoning. It's not going to break the bank. It's not you know, the most expensive thing you ever purchased in your life. But I will tell you from experience and my wife hopefully might jump in here at some point and tell you that it is really actually very good. You know, it's well worth it. So I'm excited to continue to use it. Well, I'm glad your your wife likes it, man. If, if, if the wife isn't happy, nobody's happy. But uh, yeah, to recap, my website is www.musketpowder.com. You can get it there. It's nine ninety nine. Uh, it's it's. I don't make any money on shipping. A lot of people charge flat rate, like seven bucks, eight bucks. You get like what you pay for shipping is what it takes to for the United States Postal, Postal Service to get it to your door. Like I'm not marking anything up. I actually lose money. So the whole point is just to get it out there, get people to like it. On Instagram, you can find me at Musket Powder Official. Uh, and then my cooking page is way more interactive it's uh, at ward w-a-r-d my first name danger d-a-n-g-e-r which is a college nickname that just stuck uh so at ward danger at musket powder official www.musketpowder.com um we are you know i'm i say we it's my wife and i we're a very small business you know we're, we're just trying to combat socialism and you know support small businesses and 
the way this country's going, there needs to be more small businesses. So here, here I am doing my thing. So and, and all support appreciated, even if it's just a, a positive comment or a like or anything. Like we, you know, it helps drive. So we're all good there. So thank you for letting me shout that one out. Oh yeah, man. Dude, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule, doing everything you do. It means a lot to me to have a guest. Every single week, like every time I get someone, I'm like, holy shit, someone wants to talk to me. This is so exciting. And I get to learn something. <laughs> I get to try new things. I get to meet new people. So I hope everybody that tuned in enjoyed this episode, got your mouth watering, or made you throw up. Um, either way, got a reaction out of you. And um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it. Tip of the week. Boom, you've made it to the tip of the week. Look, if you made it this far, my tip this week is get some sleep to myself. Get some sleep. I don't know when or how that's going to happen, but that's my tip. Um, Tip of the week is family first. You know, I'm doing this right now, and um, I have a week off for my day job, and family is first. So, you know, reminder to put your phone down, reminder to check out of certain things and be sure to check into family. Now I need to take my own advice, which is why I'm saying it out loud. Um, so it means more. So I actually follow through and execute. Same could be said for when you're in the woods, put the phone down for a little bit and check into the forest, let nature come alive around you. Tune in. I can't imagine how many deer we are all missing by scrolling through feeds in the forest, you know? So that's my tip of the week also find a friend that can cook i am so happy i got to talk to ward uh we're gonna swap some recipes and by swap i mean he's gonna give me a whole bunch and i'm gonna dry him out i will say his seasoning is genuinely from the bottom of my heart really good and he said it as a rub which makes more sense because you're supposed to use a shit ton of it i did on accident at first and it turned out to be really good so um tip of the week Put the phone down, check in a family, family first, you know, whether you got to spend time with, you know, friends that are family or the family that is family, whether you have some parents, grandparents, great grandparents, significant other wife, kids, etc. Um, do yourself a favor, text them, tell them that, you know, they mean a lot to you and you're looking forward to spending some time with them and make a point to put something on the calendar to actually spend that time. And when you're doing it, turn the phone off put it somewhere else, leave it somewhere else, keep it on the charger in the car, something. It's crazy how much life will light up and the woods will light up when you put that thing down. That being said, it's hard to step away from. So that's what I'm giving as my tip of the week. Uh, Again, quick reminder, some housekeeping things. Big announcement, Greg Tubbs is coming on board next week, the first for the 100th episode. We're doing more to bring on sponsors to give back to you, our listeners. If you haven't left a review, gosh, it sure would be neat if I could get 100, 100 reviews uh, by the 100th episode. That's not, I wouldn't say it's impossible because I don't think that that's a true statement. I think anything is possible, but it certainly seems like it's unlikely. Um, but if you want to share this podcast, that that means a lot to me. I get feedback all the time from folks and uh, good or bad even, like even the negative feedback isn't a bad thing because then it means you're listening and that you have some thoughts and I'm willing to consider that to make some adjustments for the greater good. But the positive ones, man, there's a special place in my heart for those. That is my oxygen and you guys keep me going. This is a lot of work. I'm very tired. And so, um, 
it means a lot to me. It just, it really does. I don't know how else to say it. So I appreciate the feedback, the comments, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, the iTunes ones are great because everyone can see them and it, it helps validate it for any new listeners. Um, but if there's anybody in your life that you think should, that should hear this super cool, um, that goes a long way. So that's what I got for everybody this week. Uh, we'll be back next week for number 100. Be ready to get to, to get a call into the show. And I actually want to add um, really quick is be sure to call in next week. You know, it's um, it's going to be a lot of fun for the 100th episode. I really hope that we're going to get a whole bunch of callers. And just in case you don't know the phone number, go ahead and program it in. Save it as a contact as where to hunt or whatever the heck you want to call me. Uh, but it's 262-757-4122. All right, guys and gals, have a great day. Um, have a great week. Enjoy your time with your family and hunt public.